Blog Talk Radio. Thank you. 
Thank you, Jesus. Um, okay, so before I, we get started, I wanted to share um, a couple of things. Um, I think one of them I'll defer to the Sunday show has to do with flesh-eating zombies and <laughs> new um, strange drugs that have entered the um, dystopian Orwellian world that we live in now. It's bad. Um, also, I think it's important to help people understand, and this is really hard, that in 12 years of doing programs with over, I you know, I, I, I used to be able to easily keep count, um, but we had to take down a lot of shows because of copyright mistakes that I made, didn't understand. But when I realized that they were illegal, um, I, I knew in my heart that I had to take them down. I still have the content and I can put them up as special shows, but I have to, re I have to strip out, you know, the, um, music because Christian music, whether anybody believes it or not, I don't care how many FBI, you know, copyright notices some Christian puts up on their YouTube channel. It doesn't matter. The truth is that if they play even two seconds, one second really, of Carrie Joby's song X or whatever, they are in violation of the law. So once I realized that and I knew Romans 13, I understood spirit of Romans 13. It was like, you know, oops, these are all sins and I need to get rid of them. Forget about all the legal stuff. So anyway, praise God. So, um, you know, in the spirit of getting all these things out, you know, before we start the prayer vigil, um, I think it's really important and it's very hard, really hard. This this is not an easy job. Believe me. There's a lot of blessings involved in 12 years of, you know, five to 7,000 radio shows or whatever the number is. I don't know. I know it was approaching uh, 4,500 at the time that we took down um, the copyright infringement stuff, you know. LV Zapata contacted me over, over the phone. He was being sued by a, a judge and uh, the Recording Industry of America, RIAA. And he told me, he said, I'm warning you, Brother Johnny, this, that, and the other thing, and that kind of stuff. So I took him down. So anyway, that's a thing of the past. Um, but I think this is very important to share with the listeners. I really don't know how long. This, this was another, I know you can say, well, hey, it's an attack of the devil. And you're right. We're all under heavy attacks of the devil. And if you're not, um, I don't want it to sound like, I don't, know, I, don't want, I don't want you to feel bad, okay? But I do 
want you to understand that there are some of us, because of our calling, it may not be your calling. And that's, that's not a bad thing. But some of us, because of, our, because of our calling or whatever it is that God has intended for us, because we live in Ontario or because we live in Kansas or because we live in Tampa like me or whatever, whatever the reason is, some of us will go through harder things on earth. Than others of us will. Sometimes it has nothing to do with geography. Sometimes it has everything to do with who we are and our personality. Sometimes it's all about one person's soul. Imagine that. Because we're trained in the earthly realm to believe wrongfully that each of us should be saving hundreds of souls, thousands of souls. And then we feel inappropriately depressed and unworthy because we're not doing all that stuff. Or not able to, which is all satanic. It's exactly what the devil wants us to believe. And that is not how the kingdom works. I will spare you of the detailed um, testimony of an Oriental woman in in Indonesia who had a rather... a large calling of people coming to her house. I mean, 30, 40, 50 people every single week. And God told her, stop doing that. God told her, close down your home-based ministry, even though it's, you know, 50, 60, whatever people there. Shut it down and move in with your parents. I want you to go to your parents' house and wash their clothes. Now, you have to understand that these are Buddhists. And God wanted her to shut everything down and move in with her parents, Buddhists. And wash their clothes, wash their feet, and show them who Jesus was. And that was her glorious calling before God. We are so programmed to believe that bigger is better. And that is absolutely the opposite, the, the total op- opposite of how God looks at each of us. But boy, oh boy, is it hard to let it go. We just can't do it. It's got to be more is better, bigger is better, and that's not how God thinks. 
If I stop this prayer vigil at this millisecond of time and hit the off button, the message that I've just sent is more important than anything else I could say tonight. By far. It is also the least received Jesus would say, if you can receive it, it is the least received amongst all human beings and believers in Christ. They won't accept it. A man convinced against his will is of the same opinion still. We are stuck in a rut of our own bovine feces. We believe the evil that we've been taught, even in our own churches. All that being said, it's critically important to me, much more than doing the show. I wanted to do this show because, um, not because I had a great day, not because I really wanted, you know, none none of that, you know, not, it was because I felt led to share some of these things that are very important. They're critical because as Jesus warned us in Matthew 24, Luke 21, Mark 13, he warned us that there would be he would he came right out i mean maybe i should just read him maybe i should just read it maybe i should and i think i will i think i will hold on praise god i know it's so easy for me to, to just uh sink into the traditional prayer vigil um scriptural readings and such but um, first, I, got, I have to share this. And if this is all I do, I, that's fine. I showed up for work. Um, praise God. Jesus said in Matthew 24, which these are the days that we are living in right now. Where It's today. It's today. Anybody who tells, tells you it's not today... They're a liar. They are a liar. That's as simple as that. Now, that being said, we, it's too, we're too far along in the end times timeline to placate and fluffy bunny the reality of what, where we are right now. We have to be frank. Because there are eternities, not lives, but eternities at stake. All right, so if we examine Matthew 24 and we look at, um, let's see, I'm looking for the nearest verse. Verse 4, Jesus said, and Jesus answered and said to them, take heed that no one deceives you. Oh, gosh, golly, geez, guys, please. If I hit the off button and say, this is the end of the show, no communion, 
right now. If you don't hear this, you've missed. And it's so important. And you can say, well, Johnny, so is prayer. But you know what? After 120, 150, 200 prayer vigils, I would hope that somebody would have learned by now that they can go back and listen to some of the other shows. They're there. There's nothing that we have done on these prayer vigils that is not available to anyone. And if you have any questions on how to get a hold of the older shows, because you're just not, that ain't your thing, then email me at jbaptist777 at gmail.com, and I will show you how to get a hold of dozens and dozens of prayer vigils. And you can hear everything. In Matthew 24, verse 4, Jesus, it says, And Jesus answered and said to them, Take heed that no one deceives you, for many will come in my name. Now, I'm going to stop because I desperately need to communicate this to you. It says, For many will come in my name. Now, be very careful with what you're reading here. Satan would hate my guts. He does hate my guts. And he would like to rip out my bowels and throw them on the ground and throw gasoline on me and catch me on fire for daring to tell you what I'm about to tell you. But I promise you, That when it says this in the Bible, take heed that no one deceives you, for many will come in my name. Stop. Please, in Jesus' name, stop reading. Our proclivity is to keep on reading. So normally we would say, take heed that no one deceives you, for many will come in my name, saying, I am the Christ. I will deceive many, and you will hear of wars and rumors of wars and this, that, and the other thing, and blah, 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 which is all the stuff we're going through. Pestilence, famine, seas, roaring seas, rumors of wars, all that kind of stuff. And they will give you up the tribulation, and they will kill you, and you'll be hated by all nations. We've heard it all before. What I am trying to do is pierce through the words in the Bible and help you to understand how dangerous the days are that we live in right now. And if we go right from this rant into communion, so be it. Maybe that will be the, the, the uh, mantra of the evening. That's how important this is. Important to understand is the Greek cannot be translated into the English, even if it's transliterated. The original intent of what was being said is not, even if it's transliterated by a Greek expert, it still will likely be missing the point. 
And you can say, oh, the Holy Spirit said, or the Holy One, and I am living in a wonderful place where I commune with Jesus, and my whole mission is to help everybody else hear what I hear from Jesus. And my warning to you is, watch out. Because I am being bombarded, and I have been for 12 years, with people who think they can't possibly be wrong. They are hearing directly from Jesus Christ every single day. And it's a lie from Satan. And they are deceived. And you, for listening to them, are also deceived. Which means that you are in danger of your salvation because you are listening to them. They think they are serving God. They are not. It is no different than when Peter stood before Jesus and Jesus said, Get thee behind me, Satan. And these are the days that we are in right now. And the people that will come to you and say the things that they say, whether it is through a YouTube video or whatever, or an email or a communication, it does not matter. It is irrelevant. If you don't really, 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 really know your scripture, which very few do. 99.9% of the best Bible scholars that have ever lived do not know their Bible. And certainly the people that are telling you that they're hearing from Jesus and giving you advice do not know their Bible. What I will not do is I will not get into a debate with them. Because my proclivity as a human will be to embarrass them. I will want to I will feel led as a human being, to destroy him. There is life and death in the power of the tongue, and I will not be sucker-punched by the devil in any human form to answer that noise because my ability to use the Scripture against what they think they're doing Remember that the scripture says, and they will believe that they are doing God a service, but they're not. They think, they really believe it with all of their heart. They believe it so much they would cry, they would bawl, they would, they would do anything, they would do anything. Because they believe, they truly believe that they're hearing from Jesus. But they're not. They're not. Or, if I were to give them some grace, although they're already in sin for doing what they do, maybe they hear a little bit. The reason I bring that up is when you see the scripture here where it says, Take heed that no one deceives you, for many will come in my name, saying, I am the Christ. Now, stop. We perceive those words as meaning 
that people will stand up in front of a microphone in Egypt or wherever, and they will come out in some kind of a white robe, and all the news media and MSNBC will train their cameras on them, and they will go, I am Jesus, I am Jesus, and everybody will go, wow, there's one of those fake Jesuses that are in the Bible. That is not what this means. What this means is that we will have fellow brothers and sisters try to tell us that whether it is on YouTube, Facebook, in a prayer group online, they are hearing from the Lord. And you are not doing a good thing. And they are your friend, and they talk to Jesus, and they are looking out for you. So listen to me, because I hear from Jesus. That's what this means. I call it the here is Jesus, there is Jesus, everywhere is a Jesus, Jesus. That is exactly what the scripture is talking about. And the problem is that the people that are doing it don't know, just like Peter, that they're doing it. Get thee behind me, Satan. They actually, this is the worst part, believe that they're hearing from Christ. They do not accept that the scripture says we all hear through, you know, we all prophesy in part and we all see through the mirror dimly that uh, if anyone thinks they know anything, they know nothing yet as they ought to know. First Corinthians eight two. they don't care. It doesn't apply to them, not to them, not to them. No, 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 no. In their state of mind, in their world that they live in, they believe so strongly that they are hearing from God daily. That is their duty. It is their duty to inform you that you are wrong. Even though that the scripture says... That that is a sin. And I'm not going to go into that because it's a whole other hour-long teaching. But it has to do with, you know, approaching somebody with, you know, three separate times. And First and Second Timothy, Titus, all the other things that have to do with running a ministry. You know, uh, Galatians, where it says that if a person is, you know, up, uh, you know, in sin or has slipped up, that you need to approach them in love and correct their course. These are people that operate in their own little world of holiness. But they're being deceived by the darkness, and they don't realize it. And they might be praising God and thanking Jesus all day long and singing songs and hallelujah. But at the end of the day, it is the fruit that they bear that becomes who they are. And they will. They, I'm not saying they're going to hell. I'm saying that when they make it to heaven... And I believe that they will. I hope that they will. When they go there, they are going to be shocked at how wrong they were. And very penitent 
at how wrong they were. I could, like I said, if I prepared for this, if I wrote scriptures down, if I did a teaching on this, if I taught the scriptures that said whenever a uh, preacher or a teacher of the Bible is trying to help you, it is a it is a sin to come against them. It is a sin because they are trying to help you. So when you come against them and say bad things and you derail their work for the Lord, you are in sin. Even if they're not perfect, because none of us are. But you know what? These holy ones that are out there speaking directly for Jesus on YouTube, through messengers, through emails, they don't get that. They honestly believe with all of their heart that they are speaking for Jesus Christ, the King. They are somehow separated from 8 billion people on the earth, 2 billion professed Christians, and they have a unique capability to hear from Jesus Christ directly, and it is their job to correct you. So I wanted to get that out first, and the other thing, um, like I said, I didn't want to cancel the the prayer vigil tonight because um, too many of those, you know, and... um, I'm not going to see my knee is getting better yet. It seems like it kind of is, but then I had some pain today that was telling. So um, I'm just going to wait and see how the Lord moves on it. (coughs) Excuse me. The other thing that I I need to share with um, you, because you know what? You're a special guru. You might say, well, Hey, Johnny, you know, um, the reason I come to the prayer vigil vigil is for, you know, prayer, you know, music and, you know, reading of the scripture and spiritual warfare prayers. But the cool thing is all of them are available. All you do is go to blog, talk, sorry, hiccups blogtalkradio.com forward slash tribulation dash now. I'm going to say it one more time. blogtalkradio.com forward slash tribulation dash now. Now, while you are listening to this program, I, I just want to bring this out. I'm not asking for sympathy. I've been doing this for 12 years, thousands of radio shows, untold numbers of guests. I have put my life at stake. If you don't think that's true, then you have no clue. I have put my job, my house, and everything, my life, at stake. to do what I do for the Lord on this program 
right now. As far as the Internet police are concerned, and the WEF and the Klaus Schwab's and the CIA and everybody else, all you are is an IP address somewhere out in internetosphere that is connected to this show. But the likelihood that they would bother to track those connections is extremely low. So your risk is so low that I I can't express it, but it's very, very low, very, very low. However, mine, totally different. My risk, a hundred times more than any useless, impotent church pastor out there right now. The things that we talk about on this program are exactly the things that the WEF, Klaus Schwab, Bill Gates, Dr. Fauci, and all the evil, satanic, you know, House of Windsor and Obama Antichrist, it is exactly what they hate the most of all. The most of all. And if we talked about the things that we talk about on this program, whether it's on the prayer vigil or any of the other shows, and we were on YouTube, we would have been shut down a long time ago. As a matter of fact, we used to upload all the programs to YouTube, and YouTube shut us down. Brother Jimmy, who who did all the conversions and moved it up to YouTube from Scotland, emailed me and said, we're being shut down on YouTube. I said, the poop on it. Get rid of YouTube and move over to Rumble. Go wherever, wherever you got to go. It's your choice. We've been shut down off of YouTube for so long, words cannot describe. Years. If you have any inkling in your mind that my life is not at stake and that I'm not a walking miracle to be even employed working in a market, in a, in a job uh, description that is um, you know, synonymous or similar to a lawyer, which it is. A job of trust, which it is. And I've had God intercede for me. I, I'm not going to look, I'm not going to get in here and try to analyze things. God does what he does. God, the judgment is in his hands. He makes decisions. But I can tell you that there have been people that have come against me and done bad things to me, and they have ended up in a very, very bad place. In fact, some of them even had to flee the country. Was it because of me? Maybe not. I don't know. I have no idea. But I found out that they had to go to the Philippines or whatever. It's it's beside the point. I don't care. I don't have time to care about it. So I don't really worry about it. I know that if someone attacks me or someone tries to do bad things to me, that God will take care of it. 
And I feel bad because I think sometimes really bad things happen to them. But I live every single day wondering if I'm going to have another day. Yet I still have people thinking they're talking to Jesus and that they've got to tell me what to do or how to do it or call me this or call me that or accuse me of preaching a hybrid gospel or whatever. And I'm thinking to myself, who are you? Are you Satan? So anyway, um, that all being aside, there's a lot of people out there that are that are going to end up in very bad places. And they think because they're older and they're in their sickbed and they're praising Jesus all day long, that somehow they're, you know, um, you know, um, impervious they they can't be affected they have this great connection to god and they've got this duty to do certain things and you know what it doesn't matter if you're 80 years old it doesn't matter if you're on your sickbed it doesn't matter who you are it it's all irrelevant if you don't know your bible and you don't follow the scripture and you think you're doing something for christ the pathway to hell is paved with gold and you will think you're doing something wonderful but you're not and you need to be in repentance i have blocked more than 200 people i'm pretty sure it's 200 because I, I got to do the, the job that God gave me. I don't have time to deal with the blah, 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 noise coming from some human that thinks that they have a direct red phone line to the throne room of God. But there's zillions of them out there, and they're coming for you. They are coming for you. I say that with extreme authority because I know whatever happens to me happens to each of us eventually. The one thing I've noticed is that it seems to happen to me a couple of months or a year before it starts happening to the listeners. Don't even ask me why. Maybe it's my calling. I'm letting you know. So when the Bible says, take heed that no one deceives you, for many will come in my name saying that I am the Christ, you need to all stop that. There is a semicolon there, which means it, 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 it means you need to stop and think about what was just said. Because when it says, I am the Christ, it doesn't necessarily mean that they're saying that they're Jesus. What they're saying is that I'm hearing from Jesus. I am one with the, the, with the Holy One, and I am here to tell you what to do. And that can manifest itself in the form of Facebook, in the form of uh, a prayer group that you formed on the Internet, uh, you know, on YouTube, on any social media platform. 
Someone is going to tell you that they are hearing from God and they are going to tell you that you are not okay. It will derail your walk with the Lord. God will tell you when you're not okay. Seek him with all of your heart. Follow James 1.5. Believe that if anyone asks God for wisdom, it will be given to them without any reproach. Believe what the Bible says. Read it and stop paying attention to these, these fake satanic ambassadors of darkness that are ignorant enough to think that they have some sort of a red phone directly to the throne room of God because they do not. And they are there for one purpose and one purpose only, and that is to derail you, to upset your walk. And that's why I have begged people for years, please avoid social media. I cannot tell you how many times, oh my gosh, hundreds, of times I have had crying, bawling Christians coming to me and saying, "Is this right? Is this you know what you know whatever what and is this happened and that happened and blah, 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 and all this kind of stuff?" And I'm like, "What's going on? Where, where's this coming from?" Oh, I joined a prayer group on Facebook, and then I knew. Then I knew. And the worst part of it is that the ones that are doing it don't realize. They don't realize that they're actually speaking for Satan. They don't realize it. When someone communicates to you that they are hearing from God that they are hearing from the Holy One, that they are hearing in such a manner that they are there to help you along in your walk, that they are there to advise you. You are in danger, and they need to be cut off immediately. They will suck the blood from you like a vampire, and they will derail your walk in Christ. Jesus will help you. Our Father will lead you. Seek God. Do not listen to these people. They are dangerous and they are everywhere, which is why Matthew 24 says, take heed that no one deceives you. For many will come in my name saying, I am speaking to the Christ says, I am the Christ, but believe you me, it means speaking to the Christ. But they're not, and they will deceive many, as the scripture says. So beware. Now, um, so we live in very dangerous times, and I also wanted to share that um, when we bring guests on the radio show, I do not agree with, okay, so here's the thing. The scripture says that we prophesy in part, and by the way, the word prophesy means prophetic dreams, prophetic visions, prophecies. It doesn't matter. It's the whole gamut. It's everything. 
So when the Bible says that we prophesy in part, what it means is that we dream in part. We prophesy in part. We have visions in part. We do not see the whole story, and a lot of the stuff that we see is not accurate. The person who is going through it wants to believe with all their heart that they are hearing from God perfectly. But they're not. They're not. Which is why Paul said, do not despise the prophets. He knew that the prophets that have dreams and visions and prophecies would hear things wrongfully. They would see people in places that implied that they were terrible and this was going to happen and this was wrong and this was right and blah, 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 and this, that, and the other thing. I'm here to tell you, watch out. Watch out. What's important to extrapolate, what, to derive from people who see dreams, visions, prophecies, or prophesy is you need to get the big picture. Don't get in the weeds. If they start analyzing this person or that person or this person or that person, it is their weakness. It's not that they're a bad Christian. It is that they don't understand that we all, all, Every one of us, I don't care how holy you think you are and how much you bow down before God, how much you've turned off your TV, how much you've fallen on your face before Jesus, at the end of the day, you have still, you are still prophesying in part, you are still having a vision in part, you are still having a dream in part, which means that you are not seeing 100% of things accurately. I am sorry for you, and I'm sorry if this hurts your feelings, but it's a fact, because it is the Bible, which I love it when that person, whoever that person is, says, take it before the, God, before the Lord and pray about it. Now, it doesn't mean that what you're going to think you're hearing from God is accurate. And that makes it even harder to decipher because we're humans. We all see through the mirror dimly. We all prophesy in part. And even no matter what you get from the Lord, you're still human first. How many of you have gone to a church in your life and God help you if you haven't, and met somebody that said, I'm here, you know, I believe this, and this, that, and the other thing, and I need to give you this advice, and yada, yada, blah, blah, and you know it's wrong, but they're pointing to the where it says in the Bible that I give you the comforter, and he will teach you all truth, and they point to that scripture, and they walk around, higher and holier than thou, and they help you to understand why they're hearing from God better than you are, even though you know they're wrong. I went to dinner with a man who I loved, who is wonderful, nothing less than an elder of a very 
a pretty good Holy Spirit full church. Not a very, but a pretty good. And I went to dinner with him at, at um, you know, Outback back Steakhouse. And I asked him, I said, you know, we, we were talking about all kinds of deep things and this, that, and the other thing. And I asked him, you know, about what do you think about this? I was probing to see. I was probing because I already knew the answer. But I was probing. And I asked him, I said, what do you think about George W. Bush? And he said, oh, I now remember, this is somebody I, I want to set the baseline. He said he knew about reptilians. He had seen some when he was cleaning houses in spiritual warfare. He said he'd seen them clinging to the ceilings and all this other stuff, which, of course, is a only a spiritual manifestation of these creatures and whatever. But I I upped my respect for his position because of that. And then I said to him, hey, what do you think of George W. Bush? And you know what his answer was to me? He said to me, now you got to understand, this is a Holy Spirit tongue speaking full of the Jesus guy, this guy. This guy was it. He was the bomb. He was the one that you would you would want to bring to your house. You would want to fellowship with. You would want to believe. Yeah, I'm telling you. And I asked him, who's George W. Bush? And he told me, oh, he's a very holy man of God. I was invited to the White House, and I met George W. Bush, and we shook hands, and I have never met a more holy man of God than him. Now, let me tell you something. That was God the Father teaching me that Christians are some of the most deceived people on the earth. And I'm talking about those who speak in tongues, who are surrounded by Holy Spirit-filled Christians in wonderful, bathed-in-the-Holy-Spirit churches, and they are deceived like you could never imagine in a bazillion years. They have no idea what they're doing. They do not understand the days that we are in right now, the depths of the darkness, and what we are dealing with. They don't get it easily tricked. George W. Bush is a reptilian. And this particular senior elder of the church that I was going to, who I loved very much, had no idea, even after he met him and shook his hands. His ability through the Holy Spirit to perceive or discern was completely eliminated. He had no idea. And I knew it. Did I tell him? No. But God showed me that. Through that event, God taught me what we are up against. Some of our greatest enemies, I'm sorry to say, it breaks my heart, are our own brothers and sisters. They truly are. So at that, I will leave you with this idea or concept or whatever that the situation is 
Grim. It's a little bit worse than we thought, or at least worse than I thought. And I'm I'm a doom and gloom guy from way back, so when I say that, it's um, a noteworthy um, point. But I will share this with you, and then we will go into um, communion because I needed to, I, I needed to get this out. I needed to release this warning because it's that bad it's way worse than we think um but i want to share with you that i just found out and and hey listen listen straight up i think it's fine i've met everybody i know thousands of people and there are those who just say everyone's evil and that's how it is. Donald Trump, you know, is as satanic as all of them. Everybody's satanic. It's one group. That group is satanic. That group is good. That group is satanic. That group is good. Or else they say, I don't trust anybody, which I, I relate to that. I do. But it's my job to look at all the information, all the prophecies, dreams, and visions, all the empirical information that has surfaced over 12 years, and try to stitch together useful information that will help us to prepare ourselves appropriately so we're not deceived by the people that say, take heed that no one deceives you, for many will come in my name saying, I am hearing from Jesus. All right? That's my job. I didn't say I liked it. I do like doing the radio show only because I feel... Even though I'm talking into a microphone, I feel like I'm touching people's lives, and sometimes I get good emails, and it helps me to keep on going. But um, And I want to help people, and it's the whole reason why I lost my marriage and everything else. And I'm not boohooing in your ears. I'm simply saying that it's it's been my lot in life for a dozen years. Um, but I will say that um, it, it is effervescently obviously obvious to any of us who are intellectually acute enough to see that we're that from an earthly standpoint, we are losing the battle. Most are not. I will say that straight up with unabashedly. Most Christians are not able to see it. They hold on to hope that is not even hold. You can't hold on to it. But they do. And I'm not saying that's good or bad or whatever. This is not a judgment issue. This is an observation. But they are not seeing 
the obvious at all. Now, that being said, to those of us who are holding fast and hoping that we can be ready for the barley harvest, we can pray to be found worthy to escape all these things that are about to come upon the earth and stand before Jesus, which means if we're standing before Jesus, we're going to be at the wedding supper. That's what Luke twenty-one thirty-six is actually talking about, being at the wedding supper. Because otherwise, if, you, if, if, if you're just going to heaven, you're not going to be standing before Jesus. You're going to be just like Odin Hedrick said, and you're going to be standing out in the suburbs of heaven, hoping that someday or sooner or later, Jesus will come and you will see him. But being right before Jesus at the time that you enter heaven, that's a different thing. That means the wedding supper. And that's an awesome thing. And that's where we all need to be in our heart. We need to have that hope. Now, giving you that hope, I just want to let you know that to my sadness and recent revelation, and you might laugh and say, ha, 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 I told you so. And that's fine. We can all think that everything is evil. We can all swim in the cesspool of turds from every bovine piece of garbage that is out there. And we can be like happy. Hey, I love to be swimming in a cesspool of turds. That's, if that's where you want to be, go ahead. But I prefer to be somewhere in the middle. I prefer to hope that maybe... There is a bastion of truth somewhere out there. And maybe there still is. I would like to believe that we will not be cut off so badly, so badly that we are literally stuck wondering what is going on, waiting for the choppers to land, waiting for the top, the black Tahoes to show up in the front of our houses so that we're drug away, kicking and screaming to be, uh, you know, uh, disemboweled by the ambassadors of Obama, the Antichrist. I would prefer that we would at least have some conduit of understanding that we could embrace as being semi-correct, that we could discern is helpful in our walk because we were commanded to watch and pray and to watch. Now, we know that we are the fig tree generation. We know that we are very close to departure. What does that mean? Months? Years? I think it's years. I'm going to tell you straight up, it's years. I believe it. But not a lot of years. Not a lot. We're getting real close. Now, all that being said, also want to share tonight, before we do communion and we sign off, that I found out today, kind of last night, but, you know, 
wasn't sure how bad it was. But today I do. That Twitter and Elon Musk and all that kind of stuff. Now, first, I want to make it clear that when somebody comes on the program and they say that the Lord showed me this in a dream or whatever, and this person and that person and this person and that person and this person and that person was there, it doesn't mean that they were all really there. Because we all see through the mirror dimly. I still strongly believe that Donald Trump will be taken out and it will cause the massive civil war in the United States. And he will die and go away. It's not because I'm a a Simpsons fan, which it's in the Simpsons, by the way, but it's because it was prophesied by Hank Kuhneman. It was prophesied by Dimitri Dudeman gazillions of years ago. I don't know, 30, 40, 50, 60 years ago in his book, Through the Fire Without Burning. These are very holy men of God. And it makes total sense. I'm just here to tell you that I strongly, strongly believe that Donald will not be alive. He will not be at any coronation, none of that stuff. And I'm sorry if it hurts anybody's feelings, but we all hear through the, you know, we all see through the mirror dimly. Okay? We all prophesy in part. This is not about saying anybody's good, bad, or they're hearing well or hearing bad. It's not about that. It's about calling out the facts of the Holy Bible. I struggle with bringing on guests that I know love the Lord with all of their heart, but part of their testimony says things that I know are not going to happen. But that is normal. And to the person that had the dream or vision, to that person, it it feels insulting. It feels terrible. They they're like, oh no, you oh no, I don't want to hear this. I don't, you know. Of course, everybody wants to hear crystal clear from the Lord. All the people that are telling you good and bad things and why you're bad and why that person's good and that they're hearing perfectly from Jesus and all that kind of stuff. Nobody wants to hear that they're in error. Nobody wants to believe the word of God. Nobody wants to believe that we're hearing, you know, that we're prophesying in part. Nobody wants to believe that that could apply to them. But it does. It applies to me. It applies to you. It applies to us all. And we need to humble up. Like I said, I love it when a guest or a person who has seen or heard things says, please take it to the Lord. Because at least they're surrendering their position to allow you to seek God instead of assuming that what they're saying is unimpeachable, because that is the mistake of the satanic century. The more likelihood is that the person who is giving you advice is speaking for Satan. Believe me, after 12 years, 5,000 plus radio shows, I promise you, That is the truth. And it is not because the person is a bad person. It is because that person does not understand their Bible, and they honestly have fallen for the deception. And they are coming for you. 
Remember John 16, 2. They will kick you out of the synagogues. Yes, there will come a time that they kill you and think that they have done God a service. And that is the day that we live in right now. We live in a very, very dangerous time. Very dangerous. So, all this being said, knowing that, oh, and the last part, which is also not a good thing, but a reality, makes me very sad, is to find out that the new CEO appointed by Elon Musk of Twitter is actually an uh, aficionado, a high-ranking official with the World Economic Forum. Of course, there are those who are too ignorant to realize how significant it is, but praise God there are those who are rebuking Elon Musk and telling him he sold out, he sold himself, he sold himself to the devil. You know what? And he probably already knew it. I would, I, I am a personal believer. I would like to believe in the goodness of mankind. I would like to believe that. Um, and I deleted the post, but I did post a post um, that said on Twitter in, in a conversation regarding this individual from the bowels of hell. I said the whole reason that they did that was because they're collecting all of our information so that they know who to throw into the FEMA camps when the time comes. The problem is that all these people, the millions of people on Twitter, on YouTube, on Facebook, you name it, I don't care, pick your social media platform. These supercomputers are collecting data to determine who is going to die and who is going to be tortured, who is going to be disemboweled, who is going to be sawed asunder, as the Bible says. Guess who I am? Sawed asunder. And the last thing I'm going to listen to is somebody who thinks they're hearing from Jesus. I will seek my own salvation with fear and trembling. And I will do everything I can to make sure that you, you, through my prayers and hopefully through my godly counsel, will not suffer the same fate that I suspect I might. But I hope, hope, faith, faith, hope, will not be my destiny. I want to believe with all my heart, as you do, that each of us will be found worthy to escape 
all these things that are about to come upon the earth and stand before Jesus at the wedding supper. I pray fervently, very frequently, in gushing tears, that all of us, all of us, will be part of that group. Whether we are sick, whether we are in pain, whether we have hard jobs, whether we are retired, whether we've been stabbed in the back by our spouses, it doesn't matter. It's all irrelevant. All that matters is that we hang in there to that moment that we're given the opportunity to leave. And we do the best that we can through prayer and our own behaviors to touch people's lives, do what Jesus wants us to do, help the widows, visit the orphans, and be as godly as we possibly can until that day. Be humble. Don't be a part of the earth. But please don't be deceived. Because the deception is very, very thick right now. Very thick. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. I am so happy to have this opportunity opportunity to share all this with you. Because if it helps you, it was worth every millisecond of my time. More than you could ever imagine. In Jesus' name, I pray and hope forever and ever. Amen. And now at this time, let us partake of communion. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you for the opportunity this day. It is the 21st of Liar. The year is 5783. We pray, Father, in Jesus' name that you will anoint us with your presence because we want to immerse ourselves with that presence and praise you and thank you. Surround us with your wisdom so that we will not be deceived by those around us because the enemy will use those who are closest to us to derail our walk, to bring into question whether or not we're serving you with a holy heart. We pray that you will only be, you will be the only one that ever helps us to understand, guides us and coaches us as to what we did good and what we did not especially good. We know through the testimony of those who have been taken into your presence and understood and experienced experienced that which the Bible refers to as um, type of judgment of how gentle and loving and kind that coaching judgment will be. Because that is how loving and kind you are to each of us. Understanding this, the 
challenge, the difficulty, the magnitude of that which we're going through. We pray that you will look upon our hearts, know who we are, Psalm 139, and continue to hold our hands as we walk the rest of this journey. We see that it becomes darker as we progress forward, believing in hope that the light will shine through it, knowing that you are on the other side. But our ever-present step that we take, and we give you all the glory. We praise your holy name, Lord Jesus. You are the wind beneath our wings. Father, you are our God, our dear Abba Father. And we praise you. On the day in which I, the Lord Jesus Christ, was betrayed, I took bread. I broke it and gave thanks and said, Here, take, eat. This is my body, which is broken for you. Do this in remembrance of me. And then I took the cup after supper, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood. This do as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. For as often as you eat of this bread and drink of this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death. Joshua, Jesus Christ, our King, your death until you come for us. We know you're coming. We know you're coming, and we know it's really, really soon. And we praise you and thank you. We thank you forever and ever. May we be found worthy to escape all these things, all these things that are about to come upon the earth and stand before you at the line for the wedding supper. In your holy and precious name, Jesus, we pray. Amen. Praise you, Lord, forever and ever. Thank you, Jesus. Praise God. And on that note, it turns out that my, uh, <laughs> how, how ironic, my uh, Apple um, iPod thingy, <laughs> which has my sound queued up, just rebooted. Hold on a second. Let's see if it comes back up again. Thank you, Lord. Praise you, Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. We praise you, Lord. Karabashiti alabashanda basakuta sasiti alabashanda.
God bless you all. See you next Friday, Lord willing. Lord, we come to you with repentant hearts. We seek you with all our might. Sinners set the mercy of grace. Redeemed we are by your embrace. Praise his holy name. Praise the King of Kings. When will your coming be? When will your trumpet sound for me? For you we will endure Until you come back for your bride To set her free Write our names in your book of life We are cleansed through your holy sacrifice As we lift your name on high Renew our mind, renew our soul Remove the scars from our past And deem us righteous We rebuke all deceptive lies When will your coming be? When will your trumpet sound for me? Till then we will endure We are the branches on a living tree When will your coming be? When will your trumpet sound for me? Till then we will endure Until you come back for your bride to set her free Watch us as we trim our wicks Our lamps are full Our hearts are light Like those five wise virgins we will be Your bride awaits thee patiently Gather, we're praying that we're worthy, Lord, to join our family. When will your coming be? When will your trumpet sound for me? We will endure, and while we wait, we will bring forth the fruit of the light of Christ. When will your coming be? When will your trumpet sound for me? Till then we will endure Until you come back for your bride To set it free